all I wanted to do was just go home and sleep. That's mm-hmm. all I wanted to do. I never really spent time doing homework or building skills or socializing or anything. I would literally just go home and sleep. The Your Life Sucks podcast, destigmatizing mental health through discussion. Hi all, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're giving your days your best and you are super excited for this jam-packed conversation I'm about to have with Nick Cousin. Nick's from England and he's going to be speaking about his depression, anxiety, dissociation from reality. It's going to be super intense. Let's get to it. Hey Nick, how are you? I'm doing good, thanks Ben. How are you? I am good. Um, I'm doing okay. Tell the guests a little bit about yourself. So my name's Nick. I'm currently in Brighton in the UK. I started my own charity a company not charity more of a social enterprise over lockdown um which is called across rainbows which works with lgbtq plus uh, mental fitness and i'm just looking forward to this conversation yeah i like that i like that so you have a little bit of an american accent do you want to explain to the guests why (laughs) oh yes so i'm even though i'm like maltese i was born in uh, Ridgewood, New Jersey, and I lived there till I was about six. Oh my gosh, it's like twenty minutes away from my house. Really? <laughs> wow, yeah. that is that is a small small world. Um, yeah, yeah. So I like lived around like lived around there for a bit. Um, then obviously moved. I moved not obviously. Um, I moved down south to South Carolina, Florida, and then I left when I was around six or seven to Dubai. Then I lived there for about two years. Then I moved back to Malta. Then I lived there for about two years. I moved to the UK when I was about 12 or like 10, like 10, I think 10. Um, and then I've been living around the UK ever since. Mm. Wow. Well, let's 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 talk about your story now. Let's start when you were 13 and and you had your first depression spike. Yeah. So like, I think 13 is when I really started to notice that something wasn't going right for me. Um, cause I used to be like quite a happy go lucky kind of kid. And then 13 with obviously like with puberty happening, things started to like shift, especially with a lot of changes going on in my home life, changing mm-hmm. schools, constantly moving around. I never really felt secure, or safe or stable. Every few years I, I was moving. So I've never mm-hmm. really had like a stable foundation in myself. And 13 is when I changed like schools again. And I went to like mm-hmm. the bigger, like the middle, middle school it would be middle school. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, yeah, American. yeah. It middle school. Yeah. Or would it be high school? I don't even know. But you switched schools. My home life around that time was kind of going really, was going quite poorly. Uh, my parents mm-hmm. were arguing a lot. There was a lot of fighting. Um, I kind of went more insular and I kind of really struggled to connect with people. And then my father kind of just left when I was 14 and I was at school and you know I never really said goodbye so he kind of mm-hmm. just like, one day he was just gone and um, we were packing up both the house and everything and I never really kind of like processed it it kind of all happened really quickly mm-hmm. and when that happened in my life I you know retracted so much from socialing and everything i became so anxious about everything and people and constantly worried about what was going on in my life yes that was the probably the peak of when i kind of was like hitting my lowest point well not like lowest point it was when the decline the descent started to get rapid it was around mm-hmm. 13 14 so so continue on tell us tell us what happened 
so then I kind of like was between 14 and 15, well, 14, 15, 16. I was kind of like, it was just getting progressively worse. Um, mm-hmm. You want to tell us about the symptoms that, was, that, that you experienced? Uh, yeah, um, sure. Like uh, I had like, I've had a lot of anxiety. So mm-hmm. I really didn't really speak much. I went through like peaks and waves, like where I could like be performative and, you know, talk a lot and be funny. But then I would go through ways of just, you know, just wanting to sit on my own and not say anything, which is quite common in like, you know, these kind of like spells that you kind of get. I also kind of developed insecure attachments. So I had like these really unhealthy obsessions with people, which isolated me even more kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, because I was so like afraid of getting people, people getting close to me that I would start panicking or I would like get attached and then I would get like afraid that they were going to go and leave me again so that I didn't want them to leave which was clearly trauma coming through um yeah yeah moving all around in your dad uh, yeah exactly which I just never was able to process and wasn't able to like no one was able to like see that and I kind of had like these um panic attacks constant like constantly where I would just start talking really fast and I would just be you know like my train of thought would just go and people used to find it really funny actually funnily like awfully enough because uh, obviously uh, I guess people didn't really understand what panic attacks were at that time it's like it was it was just like before mental health really took off when people really started to talk about mental health before all this sure, happened yeah. yeah and I kind of like I did awfully at school um <laughs> Because I wasn't, I couldn't focus. I kind of just, you know, I, I would go home and just go to sleep. And I remember, like, there was this weird year or, like, year where we were kind of semi-homeless. So, like, my mom would pick me up and would just go to a different location every time. Mm-hmm. I remember that was quite difficult because it's like, you know, I can never, I never really felt comfortable because the school I went to was a private school. And in the UK, it's quite like fancy to go to a private school. Mm-hmm. That's like where all the middle to upper class people are going to go. So my life was kind of like crumbling around. And I kind of had to like put on like, I felt like I had to put on like this brave face because I didn't want people to know. But I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve. And my face betrays me a lot when it comes to my emotions. So mm-hmm. people is read things on my face that I can't really that I think I'm hiding things really well but on my face just betrays me so Mm -hmm. I think I came across very standoffish to a lot of people or always on the verge of like tears and wanting to cry but trying to like suppress that because I wanted to you know be seen as like nothing was wrong and I'm just you know just want to fit in right did you have any symptoms of depression at this time um like my symptoms of like depression were mostly just like centered around like extreme tiredness i didn't want to do anything i mm-hmm. didn't any hob- i didn't want any hobbies i didn't want to do anything i didn't really enjoy anything all i wanted to do was just go home and sleep that's mm-hmm. all i wanted to do i never really spent time actually doing homework or building skills or socializing or anything i would literally just go home and sleep and even like at in like when I was in school I didn't really focus I didn't really work try hard not because I couldn't not because I wasn't smart or capable it's because I didn't have the energy to I was so like beat up not in like emotionally going from home not physically but from home to going into an environment where you're constantly being feel like you have to kind of perform because you know it's like you're everyone else is kind of you want to just fit in and move on and just pretend like something like I guess it is that fitting in kind of aspect and you don't want anyone yeah, to comment sure, sure, to sure. feel sorry for you. So you kind of just 
pretend that it's all but that that costs so much mental energy and it's really it was really isolating because I could I never really was myself with people even like looking back now it's like who I am today compared to who I was then it's like I never really and I, I know everyone puberty everyone goes through these massive changes and these kind of caterpillary kind of views but like mm-hmm. I was so detached from reality like the only time the only reason why I can remember some of these events happening is because I wrote them all down in a diary that's the only thing I, I ever did and it's quite nice that I did because I look back and I read some of the things I would write and I'd be like oh my god this is awful but I don't really remember it all happening it's and I think I spoke to like um a psychologist about this a therapist about this and they said it was kind of um I think there was a word uh you detach from reality dissociation I was physically there my body was just on autopilot I wasn't mentally there or spiritually there or anything I was just physically there and it was just like I was always like a passenger watching my body do things Mm -hmm. like no control I guess it's like it's kind of like that kind of safety mechanism like you want to I want to I wanted to protect myself from everything that was going on so I detached from my body and let my body just go on Mm -hmm. and at this time you're also struggling with your identity right yeah so that was a like you know just putting another like Mm -hmm. oil on a fire one because so yeah like I had like you know struggling with identity and like you're wanting to fit in and you you know everyone starts like you notice that boys start like liking girls and like you know people start liking each other and that kind Mm -hmm. of like aspect and with my depression I never kind of like felt anything for anyone and I always thought like oh I was just a late bloomer I was just like it would come eventually but I would have like these really intense friendships with people um mostly mostly um boys my age and I didn't put two and two together because I just thought it was just like a late blooming kind of scenario I never like it didn't conceive to me that that was part of it because that you were I, gay. Yeah. Yeah. That I was gay. Mm-hmm. That I, I never really put it down into that. Um, Cause I was so detached from myself. some from reality, from what I was doing, from my own thoughts and my own feelings, but the kind of friendships I had were just very intense, very like explosive, very fiery. And um, which also added to like my quirkiness or how people saw me. Cause it was just like, these epic friendships and what do you mean by epic friendships yeah it's such a good question (laughs) that's obviously i know but um i guess it's like i they i became obsessed i guess what i was really experiencing was i had a crush on them Um, yeah but i didn't know how to express that in a way Mm -hmm. um that was because i didn't understand it myself right these crushes ended up you know adding to the fire of my own mental health at the time because home life was awful school life was awful and then having this like really intense feelings which Mm -hmm. I didn't really have anywhere else in my life but these people would make me feel something and I just kind of got addicted to that yeah which which like looking back it was it's kind of a sweet thing because it probably got me through those years but Mm -hmm. that mental toll of you know kind of constantly giving and being so afraid of someone and trying to control everything. Sure, sure, sure. So how did you get help with all these feelings and behaviors you were having? Um, well, I didn't actually get help till I was about, until I went into university. Um, wow. So how, how so, old were you? So I 
realized I needed, like, I couldn't keep going with my behavior. I needed really help when I was about 23. So about 10 wow. years after. Wow. Because um, it just kind of got progressively worse. So after I did, like, my GCSEs, I went to what would be high school or college here, which is where I did my A-levels. And I went to, funnily enough, an all-boys school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with still not kind of understanding my identity and who I am as a person and the, my, even my own sexuality, not really understanding anything. And I went to this old boys school and I went in with the determination that, you know, I am going to, you know, forget everything and just enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, once again, just shoved everything so below the surface um, and put a lid on it. And I was just, I'm just going to pretend kind of didn't really work out in the end. Um, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of, again, lost control of this whole thing. Um, I ended up getting bullied. I mean, I was I was such a target at that school. I mean, everybody, like from years below to teachers, I just became such a target for everyone. This philosophy of like bantering people into like, you know, toughening up. Mm-hmm. And banter is like making fun of someone in a funny way. It felt like a bullseye was on me and everyone was shooting. Um, right, so how long after that did you get help <laughs> well so then i spent two years at college and then i did three years four years at university and then on the fourth year i had a very bad experience and i realized that's when i needed to get help what was the bad experience i just ended up getting very very drunk and saying a lot of horrible things to people and mm-hmm. i realized that I was just spiraling and I didn't know where I was going with my life. I was, it was like kind of a point where I did, I did a undergraduate degree. Um, I did really well and I didn't want to face reality. So I was like, Oh, well, you know, I will spend another year doing a master's degree and I did a master's degree and I continued the same pattern and then master's degree finished and I couldn't, I didn't know what to do with my life. And I hit a very low point and I started taking it out on people. I was working at a cafe. I, you know, I had two degrees and then I ended up just getting very drunk one night, ended up having a verbal fight with people and woke up the next day. My friend, my brother's close friend um, committed suicide and I just kind of took that whole thing as a sign um, mm-hmm. that I needed to go and get help. Right. So where'd you go? Well, I just contacted a th- local therapist who worked, who was male, who was gay, who you know I've been working with for the past three years. And since I've been doing that, and it's been really helpful. And I've been finding myself spiritually, uh, mentally, physically. I mean, I do a lot of meditation. I've joined a, you know, I found myself in a Buddhist practice, which kind of helps, mm-hmm. you know, center my life. And, you know, just kind of finding myself in a lot of ways. And I think, like, since then... I've really connect, connected to reality. You know, I actually feel present in my choices and what I'm doing and what I'm living that. for. Mm-hmm. And you would say today that you've come over your anxiety and depression and it, it's okay if the answer is no, but just you think you've you know, gotten significantly better with all your new practices and therapy? Yeah, I have to say, like, I think it's obviously you know with mental health and mental it's a it like mental health is i like to call it like think of it as like mental fitness it's like going to the gym it's like you have to constantly work at it if you mm-hmm. stop working if you stop going to the gym the muscles go away right right you, know, you get back you know so like 
but the more you go and the more you push yourself, the more you kind of like it, it hurts, you know, to self-improve and to heal yourself and to mm -hmm. actually look inside of yourself. It really hurts a lot. But the more you push and the more support you have, if you have, you know, getting a therapist, going to friends, finding yourself in a spiritual practice that, you know, calls you, it kind of, you know, those moments when, you know, anxiety or, you know, depression or anything that is like you're suffering from does come, it, it doesn't hurt as much. And, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think the biggest thing that I've ever found is like, you know, surrounding yourself with people who genuinely care and genuinely who like you and genuinely want you to see you succeed is hard to find. But once, if you do find that, and once you look for it, you will find it. I don't think you ever really get over anxiety or depression, but I think you can kind of, of turn it into a positive because you know what, yeah. you know, depression and anxiety have taught me, for example, anxiety has taught me how to, you know, be very, have to read people very well mm -hmm. you know from everything i've learned in those 10 years i've learned like okay you know what hey i'm getting a little buzz from this this is quite similar to how i felt before maybe i should be weary and depression has told me you know what when i need to take a break i need to just take a break you know it's okay to just take a break mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i i really like that channeling your mental health struggles into strengths yeah nothing in life is kind of here to defeat you like as long as you kind of Every day you wake up and you think this is going to be a good day. Not fakely. If you know what, if you're having a bad time, if you're feeling sad, just let yourself be sad. There's no such thing as a bad or negative emotion. Emotion is human. You know, even anger, it's a quality that shows you, that tells you when something has, you know, someone's been treating you wrong or there's something wrong. Now mm -hmm. you can choose to be angry and attack someone, which would be wrong, or you can choose it and channel it into something positive, which with what we call like passion, you know, a lot of social justice, you know, like social justice, you know, social work and everything. That's putting anger into a lot of positivity instead of using it something negative. Mm -hmm. So now all these years later, I would say, tell me if I'm wrong, but, but a factor that definitely caused a lot of your mental health struggles was your dad leaving, right? Yeah. So have you rekindled a relationship with him? Um, no. Um, <laughs> to put it bluntly, um, not really. Do you mind if I ask why not? Um, I think, like, the relationship with my father was always a bit, like, it was very hot and cold, which has affected how I deal with a lot of people for a long time. And not to say, like, he's a bad person. I don't think any, like, he is a bad person, but... I don't feel personally ready to have those kind of conversations. And I think for me personally, I rather, I need to still have time to kind of just heal and, you know, create a better foundation in my life before I'm ready to have those kind of conversations with someone. And I think, you know, it's important not to rush these things. Of course. Well, Nick, thank you for the story and thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Ben. It was very, very nice discussion. Yeah, yeah. Guys, follow Nick's social justice account at Across Rainbows on Instagram. Follow the Your Life Sucks podcast on Instagram at the Your Life Sucks podcast. Check out all podcast platforms for more episodes coming very soon. We'll see you next time, guys.